Welcome to It's a Good Life podcast, where it's all about helping entrepreneurs think, feel, and do better. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Top of the morning to you. Welcome to It's a Good Life. Brian Buffini here. Delighted to be with you. I had a number of my staff, and especially my coaching staff, reach out to me. I did a section at an event a number of years ago for our Peak Experience audience, and this is an event we've held since 2003. It's sold out a year in advance, and it's really our top-performing business owners, and um, they get together and brainstorm and network and synergize, and we have some kind of next-level content. It's really a fun time and probably my favorite presentation of the year. And a couple of years ago, I did a segment called Managing the World's Most Difficult Person. And inside that segment is something specifically we're going to talk about today. And it was called The War Within. And The War Within is ultimately these conflict of good things, this challenge between the dilemmas we face in our business life. And a dilemma now is probably technically not the right use of words because a dilemma is a choice between two undesirables. And these are actually choices between two desirables. And as we go through life, the war is between the emotional side of our lives and the logical sides of our lives. You know, I always say the work is the hands, and then you have the heart is the emotions, and the head is the logic. So you have hands, heart, and head, work, emotions, and logic. And that's really the conflicts that come up. And so they're all good things. Our emotions are good. Our logical thoughts are good. And sometimes there's this tug of war. And that's really what the war within is. It's a tug of war between these good things. And if you've ever seen a tug of war, you know a lot of it is kind of a stalemate where one side is trying to gain advantage over the other. And to be honest with you, when the tug of war is not really moving too much one direction or the other, is actually success for a tug of war. It's when one takes over, oftentimes that's when the other team falls down. And so that's the same for us. Sometimes the logic wins over and the emotions lose out. Sometimes the emotions win over and the logic loses out. I'm going to go through five emotions that we experience in our business lives versus the five logical, natural tug-of-war partners and how to manage this. And I think as I'm talking, uh, you'll relate to a lot of this. You know, over the years, so many people have come to me and said, you know, I um, feel guilty when I'm working in my business because I'm not with my kids. And then when I'm with my kids and family, I feel guilty because I'm not doing more for my customers. Uh, I've had the same challenges myself. And it's this tug of war. So think about it. You have customers to serve. You're in your business. You're doing well. You're enjoying your business. You're achieving. You're earning. You're checking off goals. You're getting the satisfaction of a job well done. That's all good. Everything about that's good. Your home life, your family, your relationships, time with family. Just the quantity of time, not just the quality of time. That's all good. Every part of that's good. So the question is, what's the balance? What's the balance? And fighting through this. And this is really, it is some next level things to think through. Because it's not one thing or the other. We're always kind of looking for a destination. Once I get there, I'll have arrived. You know, and I've always said there's no such thing as balance. What there is, is balancing. And balancing, it's like, you know, we have a gym at our home, and one of the things we have is called a BOSU ball. It's a ball that's kind of cut in a third, and it's got a solid base. 
and it's designed to stand on. It's kind of a rubber top third of a ball, and you can do weights with it and squats with it and all kinds of different exercises, step on, step offs, all these different things. And the goal is in that standing on this ball that the little muscles need to fire. And so the key is you never fully achieve balance standing on this BOSU ball. You're constantly balancing. And that really is, I'm going to take you to the end of the movie here. That's really the solution for all of this, is that there is no such thing as you've arrived, you've made it. You know, I I remember one time a person asked me at a seminar, right? And we hand out our microphones to thousands of people in an auditorium. They can ask whatever the heck they want. And this person one time said, Brian, back when you were worried about money, they were trying to get me engaged because they had come to the conclusion that I had become very successful and had a lot of money and resources and whatever else, and that I no longer had money worries. And what that is, is destination thinking. Once I get there, I won't have these worries anymore. I have different money worries today than I used to have. But, you know, you always have something to think about. You always have things to chew on. And so the dynamic is, oh, once I get there, once I get to this weight, once I get to that level of production, once I get to that level of income, once our family goes on this trip, none of that's true. It's all about balancing. Now, there's times and seasons in life you can do a hard reset and there's, okay, you're going to take a break or have a sabbatical or whatever else. That's a different thing. But the truth of the matter is it's about balancing. So let's talk about it. So I have a number of categories to talk about this war within and the balancing act that takes place. And it's between our home life and our work life. Balancing between ambition and contentment. Balancing between goals and results. Balancing between risk and security. And balancing between health and effort. And so we're going to walk through these. And if you notice, all the ones I mentioned first are actually emotionally driven applications and the others are logically driven applications. So home life. Uh, George Moore says, a man travels the world over in search of what he needs and returns home to find it. Good one. Maya Angelou said, the ache for home lives in all of us. The safe place we can go as we are and not be questioned. Robert Montgomery said, home, the spot of earth, supremely blessed a dearer, sweeter spot than all the rest. Home life, right? It's fantastic. Now, for those of us who are of working age, and I'm not sure what non-working age actually is. I can't find it in the Bible. Moses was 80 when God put him to work. So you have your home life. For me as a person, if I'm home seven days a week, not only am I not very happy, Beverly wouldn't be very happy. No one would be very happy. Now, at the same time, if I'm working seven days a week, I'm not balanced either. And so we have to find that because there's real joy in the the journey here. There's joy in the job. Joseph Barber says about work, happiness is the real sense of fulfillment that comes from hard work. And there is. There is. Now, at this stage of the game, because I'm not 28 anymore, hard work for me has to get scheduled into different components of when I was a man with my hair on fire, flying on all cylinders as a young person. And that's one of the things, you know, it's funny. My generation and beyond takes great shots at the millennials. And I think There's an awful lot to learn from the patterns of the millennial culture. And one is, they seem to have a better idea of balance than the generations that came before. And so for them, this war within is not nearly as, it's not a civil war. It's more of a, like a bar fight, you know. But for many of us that preceded that, it was a civil war. Gertrude Ellian said, don't be afraid of hard work. Nothing worthwhile comes easy, right? We all know that one. Don't let others discourage you or tell you that you can't do it. In my day, I was told women didn't go into chemistry. I saw no reason why we couldn't. She became one of the most famous scientists and greatest chemists of all time. Stephen King said, amateurs sit and wait for inspiration, 
and the rest of us just get up and go to work. It's good stuff. So let me share with you my own journey on this, and I wish I could tell you a simpler way to get there, and maybe there is for you, but this is what happened for me. I just didn't know how much was too much until I did too much. I didn't know when I was working too much until I did too much. I didn't know how much too much time off was too much until I took too much of that. And so you have to find this balancing act. You have to try and you have to do. Do the work, do the restoration. Do the work, spend the time at home. And home is also leisure and so on and so forth. Like, I know this. I know fellas that play golf seven days a week. God bless them. I could never do it. I just, you know, I've been blessed to find stuff I really enjoy. I enjoy this. I love doing this. I love when I get to do the speaking. But I'm, at this stage of the game, the balancing act and where I've changed is when I was building Buffini Company, I was on the road all the time, 23 days a month. I'd say this next year, I will do 10 days away from home. And I'm even looking at that. I'll do about 10 days on stage is what I'm going to do. It's changed. Now I like to have more impact. I like to reach more people and do all that kind of stuff. And I still enjoy it. I still enjoy it, but I just don't enjoy it in the quantity of which I used to do it. And yet this medium allows me to do what I want to do and and reach more people, which is why we're bringing you more episodes of the Good Life Podcast. Again, I think the best way I can describe it is I didn't know how much was too much until I did it. And then I would just say the trick is to constantly reevaluate, constantly reevaluate. For me, I'm reevaluating, like my whole game plan, I started reevaluating every year, and now I'm reevaluating every 90 days. I take a look for 90 days, how is this working out, how much is too much, and then I'm making smaller, minute little changes, so the balancing act is smaller, the movements on the BOSU ball are smaller. So the first part of the war within, home life versus work life. Here's the next one, ambition versus contentment. You know, ambition, and for some people, it's become like a dirty word. I mean, it's, I'm not talking about selfish ambition. I'm talking about healthy ambition. Healthy ambition that produces a drive. Healthy ambition that makes a person get up early and stay late. What's a healthy ambition? Abraham Lincoln said, things may come to those who wait, but only the things left by those who hustle. <laughs> I love that. Frank Tiger said, ambition is enthusiasm with a purpose. Love it. And Napoleon Hill said, the starting point of all achievement is desire. And it's one of my favorite U2 songs. When I'm on the way sometimes to the studio or an event, I'll play that song and get fired up. And it's unleashing that ambition. Today, my ambitions are different than they used to be. I don't really have a lot of ambitions economically. I've kind of worked hard and put myself in a good spot. And I really don't have any vast economic goals beyond what I've already set in motion. So now my ambition is how many people can I reach? And so there's still an ambition. It's still a healthy thing, but it's focused. Now, I'm also a guy whose ambition has burned so bright, I've done too much of it. And ultimately became a person that was, when I'd reach a goal, I would immediately go on to the next one. Or even right as, imagine like I'm running a 100-meter dash, and I'm five yards from the tape. And as I'm putting down my chest to break the tape and actually win the race, I'm already looking up because I'm going to start the next race. I did that for years. And what I find out is that it exhausted me, it exhausted those around me, it exhausted those who worked for me. And so because there wasn't this healthy enough balance with contentment, and that contentment is, for me, and I'll give you my own definition of contentment in the context of what I'm talking about, it's resting in the goals that have been achieved. 
You know, if you're not content with your goals you've set and achieved, then you got a problem. So obviously, if we just burn bright with the ambition and don't embrace contentment, it leads to burnout. And that's why I did two episodes on burnout here very recently. I think it was episode 35 and 36. And one of the quotes I have in there is, you have to celebrate your victories no matter how small, or you will eventually burn out. And so what I didn't do is rest in the goals achieved, celebrate the goals achieved. In fact, I'll be candid with you. When my team would want to get together and they want to, you know, celebrate something, they worked very hard. And I'm just going to be brutally honest, like this is how bad I was at this. I would be standing around going, okay, here's 40 people. We just finished this project and we're having food and cake and little drinks and people are being congratulated. And I always enjoy encouraging people. But I'd be sitting there thinking, man, how much does this cost me? Because I just viewed it as an unnecessary thing, kind of like this is a waste of time. And now I understand that I was the only one in the room who had the wrong perspective on it. So I was doing it out of discipline until now I actually kind of enjoy these little things because I also didn't understand that it's a key component to contentment. So ambition is great, it burns bright. Let's say you're $100,000 in debt and you pay off a $5,000 credit card. You need to celebrate that. Now, you don't need a $5,000 celebration. Maybe it's a $50 celebration or you take a half a day off, do something nice for yourself. But every goal set and achieved needs to be celebrated and then rested in, and then you get contentment. Pearl Buck said, many people lose the small joys in the hope for the big happiness. Oprah Winfrey said, be thankful for what you have, you'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough. Lao Tzu said, be content with what you have. Rejoice in the way things are. When you realize there is nothing lacking, the whole world belongs to you. I can honestly say, of all the things on this list, this is the one that's come latest to me in my career. In my war within, contentment was not leaned into enough. The next war within is the goals versus results. Goal, dream of the deadline. I've spoken on it. I've taught on it. I've done episodes on it. There's life-changing, so important. Every year, I always start the year off with setting goals and trying to help all of you listening to set your goals. And it's powerful, and they're fantastic. Andrew Carnegie said, if you want to be happy, set a goal that commands your thoughts, liberates your energies, and inspires your hopes. The great Earl Nightingale that this studio is named after, success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal or ideal. And then LL Cool J said, stay focused, go after your dreams, and keep moving towards your goals. We all know how good goals are. What's the counterbalance to goals is results. So this is where results go from the dream to the concrete results. You know, oh, he's a dreamer. Dreamers are good things. Dreamers who take action. And so we have to have this balance because there are some people, they love the idea, they set the goals and they set the next one, they listen to the next thing and so on and so forth. Uh, One of my challenges, and I speak about this as a Christian man, I speak all the time about what I hear preached in a lot of modern churches, especially in America, is this prosperity gospel. And if you just do this and you just do that and you know, have faith and give money to the church, you will be blessed and you will have prosperity or you will be a millionaire. Okay, I have too much respect for the church. I have too much respect for the gospel. I hate that stuff. And if you're listening to that stuff, God bless you. I get it. But let me tell you this. I have yet to meet people who are in that environment who actually get up and do the work. What they do is they go from sermon to sermon and message to message to keep their hopes up, to keep their motivation up. And then one day they just fall flat on their face. And the reason being is 
The goals have no anchoring in the results that requires the action to do it. Faith comes by living it out. You have your faith, and then you got to go live out your faith, right? You know, the same thing with these goals. Confucius said, the man who moves a mountain begins by carrying away small stones. St. Francis said, start by doing what's necessary and then what's possible, and suddenly you are doing the impossible. St. Francis is the name that four of the Buffini boys picked as their confirmation name, so you know he's got to be good. Conrad Hilton, who built the Hilton Hotels franchise, said, success seems to be connected with action. Successful people keep moving. They make mistakes, but they don't quit. So great. And again, here I am, and it's, maybe that sounded negative to you today, talking about the faith movement in the churches and the prosperity gospel. Look, I'm all for that if you're going to put your faith to work. I'm all for the dreams if you're going to be a doer. You've got to have the balance between the goals and the results. Now, you can't be so results-focused that you miss out on the best part of setting and pursuing goals, and that is the pursuit of happiness. What I have found as a committed goal-setter for the past 30 Two years of my 35 years in America, I have been a committed goal setter, and it has changed everything for me. So since I first came to America in 1986, I got exposed to the concept of setting goals. It changed my life forever. I've become a constant goal setter and a constant goal getter since that time. And it has transformed my life. It's why I teach it at every event I've ever done a seminar, live seminar, And I've done multiple, multiple podcasts on the subject. But don't get confused with the result. Sometimes you can be so focused on the result, you miss out on what the magical part is, which is the journey. What we're promised is the pursuit of happiness. And what I've found in this balancing act is that this pursuit of happiness, the pursuit itself is the happiness. You just never feel so alive as when you're in the pursuit. That's where balancing in the middle of it, you have the goals, You have the results. It's not just the result. You're also pursuing the goal. You're going to take action while having the dream. And then in the midst of it, you get the pursuit of happiness. And the pursuit is the happiness. And that's how it works for me. The next war within is risk versus security. Well, we all know risk, right? And, you know, most people, as they get older, become risk averse. We did a podcast with Daniel Pink, episode 25, on the power of regret. and. What Daniel, you know, and all the research shows is that as people get older, they're twice as likely to have regret about not taking action on some risk. And so what ends up happening is risk, it gets equated and becomes a fear. We're afraid of loss. Chayanka says, learn from the mistakes of others. You can't live long enough to make them all for yourself. So we get to learn from other people. We get to learn from ourselves. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, don't be too timid and squeamish about your actions. All life is an experiment. The more experiments you make, the better. And then Nicola Yoon said, everything is a risk. Not doing anything is a risk. It's up to you. So we need to do risk, but we also then need to have security. And so we want to be able to manage it. Now, I'll give you some thoughts on this. So security is a very, very important thing. It's very powerful. Jody Rell said, at the end of the day, the goals are simple and safety and security comes from them. So here's what, like if you're talking about financially, for example, Here's the way you can have security, budgets, reserves, no consumer debt. If you have a business, you have business reserves. And then go risk. Risk by investing in yourself. Risk by investing in your business. You know, the amount of times in my real estate career, someone said to me, you know, I see that property over there. I could have bought that for $95,000 and now it's a million dollars. 
especially now. There's lots of people walking around with regret. It's always regret of something they didn't do, they were afraid to do, and it was that need for security. And here's what I'm going to say. If you have your budgets in place, you have reserves for your home, you eliminate consumer debt, and you have reserves for your business, then put together the cash to go risk. And it's investment money. It doesn't mean you go crazy. I mean, I'm the guy who you know, speaks about solid compounding and those kinds of things, but you have to have risk versus security. There's basic things you can do for it. And again, that same dynamic there, I'm, I'm, most people equate it to economics. So that's why I gave you the security. So, you know, you got to balance it up. I will say this, when you take a risk, the juices start to flow. Now, when you take an uncalculated risk, the worry starts to flow. You have your budget in place, you have your reserves in place, you put your plan in place, and then you go for it and then see what happens. Lastly, in the war with him, we're going to talk about health versus effort. Health versus effort. And I know a lot about this because I'm a big effort guy. The dynamic between taking care of ourselves and then putting how much effort we put out. Thomas Fuller said, health is not value till sickness comes. Great one. Take care of your body. It's the only place you live in, said Jim Rohn. Thomas Carlyle says, he who has health has hope, and he who has hope has everything. So that's something really important. And by the way, the reason it's on the emotional side of the tug of war is that when you feel good, you feel good. When you're healthy, your feelings are good. The next dynamic is effort. And we can use so much effort, we can use up our health. So again, this balancing act. Zig said, success means doing the best we can with what we have. Success is the doing, not the getting. In the trying, not the triumph. Success is a personal standard, reaching for the highest that's in us, becoming all that we can be. Gary Ryan Blair said, do more than is required. What is the distance between someone who's achieved their goals consistently and those who spend their lives and careers merely following the extra mile? I believe it. It is about effort, but make sure that you're not burning yourself to the point that your health goes down. You want to take care of your health so you have good energy and good attitude. And now that you have that energy, put it to work in effort. So that's what I want to bring to you today. The war within. It was an element of managing the world's most difficult person. By the way, guess who the most difficult person to manage is? It's ourselves. And so we have this war within. The war between two good things. The emotional side, the logical side, home, work, ambition, contentment, goals, results, risk, security, health, and effort. Giving you a few thoughts for the day. Maybe one of them was just for you today. Maybe just one of these areas is something for you to take time on. Remember, balance is not a destination you will achieve. It's about balancing. And when we're balancing the war within, no longer is a war, it's more of a, more of a quibble. It's more of a challenge. It's more of a daily adjustment. And that's the goal and hope I have for all of you. I hope this has been helpful for you. I hope this gives you another deposit towards your good life. So what we try to do with these episodes is help you feel better, think better, and do better. And that's my hope and prayer for all of you. Thanks for joining me today. Here's a blessing from Mother Therese Buffini. May the road rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time.